Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. We love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski and Dan Roberts on SCNZ. Yes, good afternoon and welcome along to Dog Speed. Today featuring Mark Clayton up here in Auckland and down in our Patoni studio is Liz Whelan. Good afternoon to you, Liz. Great to have you on board for the Dog Speed show today. Good afternoon, Clayto. Great to have you on board as well. I think we're about ninth and 10th in, in terms of Greyhound <laughs> fields, but we've got the band back together today. And um, I've got to say as well, thanks for coming in today, Mark, because I know it's a special day for you being Father's Day too, so you're spending it in the SCNZ studio filling in for dog speak today. Yeah, no, had a few phone calls this morning that half the tribe have uh, been in touch, so really appreciate that. Did you know I'm... them all? Jeez, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. start, <laughs> starting here, you get a finish, Liz. Uh, well... No, yeah, no, they're great. They're all doing a great job, and uh, like you did last week when you headed to New South Wales to catch up with no keeper in the national distance final, and he didn't let himself down. Ran into a couple of smart types. He certainly did. He did a great job finishing fourth at Wentworth Park. Was lucky enough to go over. And Clayton, I've got to say as well, the winner of the National Distance Super Australia, she lined up at Wentworth Park last night and she smashed the track record over 720 metres. Uh, Tornado Tears uh, set that record back in 2019 with um, 41.38 and Super Australia went 41.21 last night. So beat it by two and a half lengths. So no keeper finishing fourth and behind a dog like that I think is a massive performance last yes, week. on fire Super Australia. And talking about no keeper though, like getting home turned, to be, turned out to be a bit of a nightmare and that's usually your trick isn't it, getting home from a night out? Uh, yeah, no keeper certainly ran into a few issues. We're going to catch up with Rangiro trainer Gary Cleave very shortly, just in terms of getting the dog over there as well. It, it wasn't easy um, because these days we've got uh, the MPI restrictions, we've got the customs restrictions. So if a greyhound from New Zealand wants to go to Australia, they've either got to stay for 10 days or less or they have to stay for six weeks. So it was a wow. really tight time frame. And then, then just to add to that, these days apparently they won't fly animals on a... Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. <laughs> so um, I have to say, Gary was outstanding through the whole experience because the timings weren't ideal for the dog. Um, you know, obviously, ideally, he would have had a look at Wentworth Park um, prior to lining up there. But all things considered, he's done a great job. Um, kind of hopeful that we might see him back there, but we'll uh, see what Gary has to say about that very shortly. Oh, that'd be good. We're looking forward to that. And um, so, so what, what's the plan now for No Keeper? We'll find out soon, I suppose, but... Yes, we will find out soon. Like, I know that he was really tempted to leave him over there. He just about didn't have a choice considering uh, what happened <laughs> with his flights. But um, Bar Super Australia, I think that he's um, certainly right up there in terms of um, the, the stayers over in over in Australia. The, the depth of the straying ranks probably isn't as strong as what it has been um, over the last few years. Um, just being at Wentworth Park as well, the whole Nationals Carnival was outstanding. They had a few days of symposiums, meetings, um, I went over, it was incredibly busy in terms of work, but also the social events, they really make it a massive carnival. And at Wentworth Park, it was incredibly special being there because, of course, with it being the national series, the New Zealand national anthem was played. Wow. Like, how cool was that? You're at an Australian greyhound racing track and the New Zealand national anthem was getting played. It was quite spectacular being there on course. Oh, well, you weren't the only one on course. Trainer Gary Cleave was there with his pride and joy, no keeper. Gary, joining us on Dog Speed. Good afternoon to you. 
Yes, good afternoon. Nice to be back in NZ. Who wasn't playing sailing by the sound of it? Um, a, a big ask um, for the dog. Um, I sort of coped all right. Liz sort of <laughs> had everything organised for us, and um, yeah, in the end, I sort of had to turn down the, the social functions. But um, yeah, a, a huge ask for the New Zealand dogs to compete. But um, yeah, I sort of fairly um, he held his own and, and did us proud. Gary, you're probably sick of me by this point with how much uh, contact I've had with you over the last few weeks, but um, I just want you to talk us through what was the actual experience like for you being at Wentworth Park with this greyhound that you've bred, you own, you train, and I was just saying to Clado as well, the national anthem being played, obviously a very special moment for you. Yeah, well, sort of uh, being a boy from the outblocks, um, you know, never sort of reaching any great heights on the sporting field myself um, it was very emotional to you know sort of think you're there representing your country and hearing the, the national anthem um, super bunch of guys you know everyone was um, very friendly and um, you know it wasn't sort of the normal uh, Australia New Zealand uh, rivalry um, everyone was just sort of overjoyed really to be part of the, the occasion and uh, speaking of the friendly Australians, you stayed with a couple of them over there for the week. I guess they're honorary Kiwis, really, Glenn and Robin Goodwin. Um, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, well, Glenn and Robin had sort of done a few trips over. They've sort of been long-term um, friends and owners with the uh, Dave and Jean Faye and um, sort of finding a, a place to stay for, for No Keeper and myself. Um, they... Uh, sort of opened up their home and, and laid it all on for us, um, looked after us immensely, um, along with a lot of the other Dapto locals. Um, a guy sort of gave me the use of his slipping track to give Kev a run on the Thursday, and another guy lent his van for running around and going to the races. So, yeah, everyone just, you know, did everything for us and just made the trip so easy. And in terms of how No Keeper actually went on the night, you know, it was his first look at the track. It was a big ask, obviously, with the timing of the trip. And he's managed to finish fourth and behind Super Australia, who I was just saying at the start of the show, Gary, actually broke the track record there at Wentworth Park last night. Um, how did you feel about No Keeper's performance last Saturday? Um, I, I, was, I was wrapped. There were sort of moments during the race um, where I sort of thought, you know, maybe we could have got up for third, but um, he just sort of gave me that impression he was sort of, Perhaps a wee bit lost. Um, I'd only previously been to Wentworth Park on a couple of times as a spectator, uh, just watching the racing as opposed to sort of being there and having something in it. Um, first impression when I arrived on course was how enclosed it was, and it sort of gave me the impression of the old Manawatu track, um, you know, quite tight turns and small straights and... Um, all the locals I sort of met during the week leading up, the first question they asked me was, were you going to trial on the track? And when I sort of outlined the, the travel constraints and the timing, you know, they all sort of had a, a look of grimace upon their face, almost to say, you know, you really need to have a look here before you, you race here. But we just, we just couldn't fit it in. I didn't want him leaving his best run on the Wednesday in a trial and, and being flat for the... For the Saturday night on the big occasion. So, um, 
Yeah, no, very proud of the boy. Um, Very proud. As you should be, he did a fantastic job. And um, with that in mind, finishing fourth, first look at the track there at Wentworth Park, did it cross your mind staying over there with those big staying races coming up, the likes of the Sydney Cup there in a few weeks' time? Um, it's Like if we'd had perhaps a better result, if we'd run one, two, um, we definitely would have stayed. Um, the prize money over there is very, very good, but it is very orientated to the winner. Um, and to be fair, you know, feature distance racing in New Zealand, the prize money is very good. Like, no keepers sort of amassed um, 185000 for the season um, last season. Um, the bulk of that was sort of distance racing. So, um, yeah, the prize money is very good in Australia, but it's also very good in New Zealand as well. And then in terms of actually getting back, Gary, first of all, you, because I know that you're a little bit apprehensive yourself um, doing this Trans-Tasman trip coming back, but then the dog, because there were a series of dramas coming back. Thankfully, this didn't happen going over, but um, can you kind of tell us what happened last week when it actually came to coming back from Australia to New Zealand? Yeah, well, um, heading over was a direct flight from Christchurch to Sydney, which was all good, and he got shunted onto an earlier flight, which worked to our advantage he sort of got there half an hour before me and just sort of gave customs and math and that the chance to sort of do what they have to do and um, you know we were able to sort of pick him up approximately an hour after I landed Um, you know it's a big day they're sort of loaded into a crate at sort of 3am in the morning and they're not getting out till 10 o'clock later that day so um, he sort of coped with that pretty good Um, strange environment of the, the new kennels and and that um, was possibly, you know, sort of took him a day or two days to sort of really settle into the, the new routine. Um, coming home, um, his flight was booked for the for the Tuesday of which he had to be dropped off at the airport on the, the Monday at Jet Pets to go through the, the veterinary and math side of it there. And then... Um, was meant to fly home first thing Tuesday morning. And um, same story at the airport at 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, the airline deemed that the crate he was travelling in was not up to spec size for the size of the dog, and they wouldn't load him. So he got shunted off a, a flight on the Tuesday, and um, then the panic sort of set in of um, trying to organise a flight and get him out of the country within the 10-day period Otherwise, he would have had to stay another six weeks. So, um, yeah, just flying out of Sydney, um, had to come back via Auckland with a five-hour stopover in Auckland, and then he got shunted again, uh, just with um, passenger and, and cargo issues. Flying out of Auckland to Christchurch, um, we sort of uh, never got him home till quarter to eleven. Wednesday night after sort of beginning his trip at 3am Wednesday morning so um, Gary, but he Gary, how's it really he good it? He got, yep. it's, a, it's amazing what a double cheeseburger does to a dog's <laughs> um, well-being um, McDonald's is sort of uh, located across from here in New Zealand so um, 
yeah, that, that that was his treat that night as we picked him up and some familiar faces. He was all over us and, um, yeah, settled back into his home environment really good. Gary, how did you cope with the trip as well? Like, it's, it was a big few days for you. Well, most people sort of think, you know, it's a, a cruisy ride, sort of having a dog like No Keeper in your, your kennels. You know, you're, you're dominating the staying races here and it's just collecting money and that, but... You know, you you probably worry over the more and the the smallest little things you you fuss over probably twice as much as you you do with an ordinary dog. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, just a, a total mixture of emotions. You know, you sort of have the joy and the you, you know you you're proud of you know being there in amongst the lineup, and um, at the same time you're sort of worrying that you know. He'll jump all right and things will go your way, you know. Probably all the same emotions that everyone else on the race is going through. And uh, in terms of what's next for him, Gary, when will we next see him back at the track? Um, unknown at this stage. Um, would sort of be a good opportunity to maybe sneak a, a softer run back at Addington next week. Um Or we could sort of go the other way, um, maybe sort of give him a wee bit of a freshener. He, he pretty much had a solid 12 months of racing um, last season without sort of getting a break. You know, it was sort of one feature and a wee bit of a let, let up, and then there was another feature sort of just around the corner. So um, he has had a big campaign, so I'm sort of leaning towards maybe giving him a couple of weeks off and just... You know, let him get over everything and um, and then sort of see what's around, uh, you know, sort of early October and looking forward to sort of Cup Week and the New Zealand Stayers Cup um, come Cup time. Well, we're certainly looking forward to it too, Gary. Uh, all the best for Cup Week and uh, we can't wait to see No Keeper back in action. But, yeah, what a mean trip. And Gary Cleave taking the time out to join us this morning, Liz. A couple of points to take out of that. With all the travel shenanigans that were going on, it couldn't think of a better person like to deal with it like Gary. I know inside he might have been treading water a thousand miles an hour, but he's the sort of bloke who just takes it in his stride, and that would have shone through on the dog as well too. Absolutely. Um, he's one of, I've got to say, Gary is even prior to this, but he's one of my favourite, favourite people in the industry. He is so lovely. He's so patient. Um, when that dog was stuck in Auckland Airport, I was on the phone to him at 9.30 at night saying, I'm, I know this isn't my fault, but I'm so sorry. And when he was stuck in Australia, he just said to me, look, worst case scenario, you know, he'll stay there and he'll, yeah. he'll go in the Sydney Cup. So he was fantastic. Um, he's put up with me the last few weeks. I think one of the most awkward conversations that we had um, was I was organising the, I think it was the special bib that they had for all of the handlers out there on the night and they had a special rug for the dog. So I said... It was a small, medium, large for the dog, but I've known Gary for a while, and having the conversation saying, what's your chest, neck, and waist measurements <laughs> was, was a little bit awkward. But um, he's, he's been absolutely outstanding, and he and No Keeper have just flown the New Zealand flag so well over there. Yeah, such a humble guy too, so all the success coming his way is well-deserved. And the other point before we go to an ad, Liz, there was a great comment about the stake money in New Zealand. Like last season, picking up 185k, like that, that all goes well for the Greyhound Racing. It, it definitely does. And when you've got a dog like No Keeper who is consistently winning those staying races, um, our prize money is teared towards the stays. You know, they're earning more money. 
middle distance greyhounds are earning good money and then the sprinters earn the least, which probably makes sense because the sprinters can line up a couple of times a week. But you've got a dog like No Keeper who can go around once a week, once every couple of weeks and pick up these checks. Um, I highly recommend, if anyone's listening thinking of getting into a dog, they are affordable, you can win money, um, just get involved. Whether you want to give Gary a call or someone else, there are range of trainers numbers on our website or flick me a message and we can get you a dog. They certainly can and go to grnz.co.nz they bring you dog speed every Sunday when we come back from this break we'll catch up with Liz we'll talk about Manawatu on Friday and also we'll try and track down Dan Roberts. Yeah, here on Dog Speed, Sunday the 4th of September with Mark Clayton and Liz Whelan. And Liz, we're heading back to Manawatu last Friday oh, Friday afternoon and a good afternoon of racing here. We had six heats, the Federal Morgan at Stud, distance heats dominated by Craig Roberts, two feature heats and two sprint heats. Yeah, there were some really good uh, races there on Friday. Federal Morgan being the sponsor, of course. He's the reigning greyhound of the year here in New Zealand. He was owned by Scott Eshan over in Australia and is now standing at stud over there. He's already got a few litters on the ground here in New Zealand and I believe in Australia as well, but thoroughly enjoyed these races. In terms of the middle distance heats, there's a $30,000 final taking place next Friday. It was uh, the Lisa Cole runners who dominated those. Um, incidentally, Lisa Cole trained the entire or won the entire 10 race card last Friday and a federal infrared. She's a rising star. She took out the first of those heats over 457 metres. Um, she had to be very good from where she was. She's paid $1.60 and she's um, 1 in 25.68, which is flying there at Palmerston North. When you've got good dogs at Palmy, I like to see them breaking 26 seconds. And she does that consistently. She's now won 13 from 15 and she actually doesn't turn 3 until the end of April next year. And then on the other hand, uh, Clayton, you've got Mustang Charlie. He's kind of the king of Manawatu there. Um, we were looking forward to the match race between Mustang Charlie and Talbingo Bale. Um, wasn't really to be. We're going to catch up with Dan Roberts, um, our usual host, very shortly. He's on his way back from Palmerston North just to find out what happened with Talbingo Bale. But Mustang Charlie has done the job in 25.77. So he's just over a length slower than Federal and Fred. That's going to be a great final next week. Um, I have to say as well, I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing them physically because Mustang Charlie's 37 kgs, Federal Infrared's actually quite big for a bit, she's at 28 kgs, but sort of David versus Goliath when you see them running up the straight in, in terms of the size disparity between them. No, that'd be interesting to see too. So which way are you leaning towards, Liz? Um, I think I'm going to go for the, the Rising Star Federal Infrared. I think she's pretty special and I'm looking forward to seeing what she does over the next few months and the feature races coming up too. Okay, and Craig Roberts, he dominated the two distance heats? Uh, yes, he did, and we're going to catch up with Dan Roberts very shortly, but it, would, it was well worth the journey for them taking out both of those uh, distance heats, I guess, as well. No keepers not there, so um, it does does leave it wide open a wee bit, um, the, the distance final, which will also take place next Friday. Okay, righty-o. Well, I think we might have found Dan, so we'll uh, head over to Dan now. Good afternoon, Dan, uh, filling in the chair for you, and whereabouts are you today? Bet it's more sunny than where I am. <laughs> yeah, g'day guys. Thanks for uh, keeping the seats warm. Uh, I'm just just driving off the boat in Picton. It's a beautiful day down here. Oh, that's great. So, Dan, Dan, what's the trip been like for you? I know the last few weeks um, you've done pretty well getting out of the big trips on a Sunday because you're hosting dog speed, but you drew the short <laughs> short straw this time going up to Palmy. What's that timetable been like the last few days? Uh, it's, it hasn't been too ideal, really. It's hard to get the boats these days. I had to leave home uh, Wednesday at midnight to get on the 8 o'clock boat Thursday morning and uh, went up and stayed at uh, Courtney Turmelton Foxen for the weekend, so she was a good host and the dogs were well looked after and could only manage to get a boat back uh, first thing this morning, which isn't ideal. Usually we'd come straight home after the races, but 
Um, yeah, so it hasn't been too ideal. I managed to actually get a boat home next Friday night, though, so I'll, I'll, I'll make the show next week. <laughs> something, something. We'll be glad to have you back next week, Dan. Hey, look, before we get into your winners from Friday, I do want to quickly touch on Talbango Bale because I think that was one of the most anticipated races of the day. He, he didn't jump. How has he come through the race, and what were your impressions of him? He seems to have come through at A-OK. Um, I was fairly disappointed with how he went, to be honest. Uh, as soon as the lids opened, I sort of looked across and seen that Mustang Charlie had missed away, which is what I sort of needed. But uh, Talbingo just wasn't there to capitalise. Uh, I mean, he travelled up good as gold, and, and he seems seems completely sound. Obviously, we have a decent look over him when we get home, but he just didn't really fire. Yeah, it was quite unusual for him, but yeah, hopefully when you get home, everything is still A-OK, but at least it wasn't a wasted long journey for you, Dan, because you guys did take out the two distance heats. First of all, Raja Bale, who only just missed out on qualifying for the Nationals final at Wentworth Park, he was outstanding. He's one way over seven lengths in 41.92. You must have been very pleased with that performance. Yeah, he went real good. Um, to his credit, he's a really good dog. He's just been finding one better and no keeper most weeks, and... Uh, I whispered behind the, I whispered to him behind the boxes that he wasn't going to have to race no keeper this week or next week if he made the final, and he wagged his tail and seemed pretty happy about that. <laughs> That's outstanding. So he, he drew box one on Friday. What draw would you like to see him get in the final, and would you like to see him hopefully finding the front early? Yeah, I'd probably like to see him draw box one again, to be honest. It might not matter too much. I mean, he's a pretty on the, on the speed so I think like he'll be able to jump well enough and get handy anyway, um, but we'd definitely like to see him in front again. And uh, then the second of the distance heats, Dan, this one was a bit of an upset. Willene Bale has paid $8.20. I've got to say I was very impressed by this performance because she was trapped wide early off the eight. She settled in the second half of the field, but she's hit the line very, very well when Hyvie Spud was starting to sit down. Um, you must have been pretty pleased with that effort. Yeah, I was really happy with her run. I sort of going down the back. I thought she might run top three, and she's a, she's a funny wee bitch. Like sometimes, sometimes over distance, I've sort of thought, oh, maybe she's not going to be much of a stayer, and then she comes out and puts in a run like that. So, sort of up and down all the time. But uh, now she went really good and found found the line really well, and she was she was doing even better after the line. So, promising signs that she might might be able to go seven seven nine uh, at Auckland in the future. But now we're really happy with her. She's gone about a length and a half slower than Raja Bale in the heats. Who's your pick for the final? No, no pressure, but uh, who's your pick? I think uh, Raja's just a bit more genuine, and uh, he probably puts in a wee bit, hard, a wee bit more than she does, so I'm going to lean the way of him. How, how are they both like travelling? Have they handled it well so far? Yeah, Raja's a bit of a buffhead. He, uh, he's pretty highly strung dog, but uh, he has handled the trip really well and, and come through the run really well, and uh, Willene Bales actually, she's come through it probably as, as good, if not better, than he has. Um, so, which which was interesting. I thought it might have flattened her a wee bit, but now nah, she's good as gold. And with that um, second big trip coming up in just a few days' time, what do you do with the stayers in between their races? Do you do much with them over the next few days? Yeah, it's a tough one. Obviously, not getting back till tonight. Ideally, they'd probably have a gallop tomorrow on Wednesday. But you know, it's a pretty pretty big trip on them, and um, they might they might take a day to get over it. So we'll just see how they are when they get home. Uh, ideally, they'd have a run tomorrow and Wednesday. 
Dane, you got a bit of abuse from me last week because you had some winners earlier on in the week and I completely missed those tips. But um, ignoring that, let's talk about Friday. When you were handling your dad's winners at Palmerston North, you were actually having a winner of your own down at Addington. Empty Garden was $1.25 or it has won in seventeen eighteen, um, and he's now won three in a row. This is a very nice dog that you've got in the kennels at home. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had one step out that's opened $1.45 before, so it was nervous times. Actually, I think I had my first dog in the Super Surge as well, so that was exciting to finally make that cut. But uh, <laughs> I, rung, I rung, rung Dad after the first two distance dogs, and uh, I said, well, I've done done it for you. Now you've got to bloody return the favour, which he managed to do, thankfully. That, that's very good. He didn't mess up handling in your absence down there. Um, we can't let you go without giving us a winner or two for the week because you've become renowned on the show for handing out the winners. So who do we need to follow in this week, Dan? Uh, I had one. I had another one in on Friday, which uh, I wasn't expecting too much from her. She's fresh up and it was her first run since I've taken over training her. But Goofy Adobe, I was really wrapped with her run and uh, she was a bit luckless early but found the line really nicely. So... She's in again on Tuesday off Fox 8, which, which I think will suit her just fine. Um, it's a bit, bit of a lesser field than the one she raced in the other day. I think she's a really good chance. Oh, good on you, Dan. We'll make that down. Goofy Dell. Adobe, good week for you too. I think, was it three winners last week? Allegro Marshy and yeah. two for Empty Garden. Yeah, three winners. That's good going for me. I think I trained 24 winners all up last season. I've already trained seven this season, so... I'm not sure what's changed, but uh, I'm not complaining anyway. Yeah, I thought I'd better check the trainer's premiership. I see Dad still leading the way, 23 for the season. <laughs> Matt, he's three ahead here. He'll be shaking in his boots now. He's on 10, you're on seven. Yeah, I've, I've, to be fair, I've taken over half of his team in the last couple of weeks with him downsizing, so uh, I'll have to try and knock him, knock him off this, this year. Well, we'll look forward to it. You can knock me off out of this chair next week, Dan. Uh, thanks for your input today. Have a safe trip back to Christchurch, and thanks for all that info on getting those dogs home. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, guys. No worries, Dan. I hope Raja Bale wasn't listening. Tell us what you really think about him, Dan. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm sure they'll enjoy their trip back. Uh, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll look at Manukau today, 10-race card, GRNZ, dog speed, grnz.co.nz. Head there. We'll be back shortly. You certainly are on Dog Speed with Mark Clayton and Liz Whelan. Big thanks to grnz.co.nz. And we do have a 10-race card at Manukau today. And 10 races all over and done in three and a half hours. So no excuse not to get involved or get out to Manukau today. And 10 race card. And Liz, you're going to catch up with Lisa Craig. And I'm really interested on some of these runners that uh, the Craig sisters have entered today. Yeah, particularly a race where they've got four runners. And I think uh, getting her guidance this afternoon is going to be key. Unfortunately, there's no pick six at the dogs today. I see it's gone oh. to the harness, but that doesn't mean we can't oh. pick a few multis. Multi up a few crate runners, I reckon, this afternoon. You'll be doing that tough, won't you? You like lot with those pick sixes? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, so what do we kick off? What race are we kicking off with uh, Lisa today? Uh, the first? We're into the fir- No, nothing in the first? Race three is her first runner. So... Uh, very shortly we'll have a chat to her and uh, Marcus is in the first Clado and uh, <laughs> hopefully she can let us know who, who's going to be winning because she's got a couple in, in race three. Well, easy home and bet. So, uh, Lisa, what, how do you split them in race three? Is Marcus, my namesake, he's going to be too good? He's an honest dog and he always puts his best foot forward. Drawn well. It's a nice handy class four race. Um, Mirko has come back into form, previous class five runner. He dropped back to class two and he's won his last two. 
like to see him to continue today, but, you know, he's facing tougher competition. Uh, Lisa, thanks for joining us this afternoon. No pressure, but which one do we back in race three? We're going with Marcus or Mirko? We, we won't hold you to it, but um, who's your pick for the, the race um, three? I'm going to sit with Marcus because he's drawn the ace. Beautiful, and he's the value one as well. He's paying $4.80. Uh, race six, you've got Barney Parrot jumping from box one. I have to say, the box draw gods have been quite kind to you today. You've got a few box ones, but Barney Parrot hasn't been far away in his recent races. How do you like him off the inside? Um, he's an honest type. I always have a laugh because I remember talking to Rosso a while back saying, um, you know, he wasn't much of much and he's actually won a few races now. Um, I think he's a place chance against that lot. And uh, race seven, one of my old favourites, Serbian Ace lining up, has box six. Even better, he's got a couple of vacant boxes on either side of him. Uh, how do you think he'll go this afternoon? Um, he's really well, and he's going some good races. A small field suit him. Um, he's just got to get handy. There's a couple of dogs in there that probably uh, have more ability, but if they make a mistake and he's on their tail, I think he can run down most runners in that field. Lisa, what's it like for you watching Serbian Ace? I know for me as a punter when I'm on, it's tough because of the way that he races. He gets back and you're, you're hoping that the gaps are going to come and he's going to run home. What's it like for you as a trainer watching him? Well, he's a character, to be honest, at home. Like, he truly <laughs> is a character. And he's, he's um, very boisterous and he's hard to handle and he's a real, you know, you know his, his racing style suits his personality. He's, you know, he's just a real go-getter and tries, <laughs> tries hard. I like watching him. He's uh, nice to watch. He's getting better with age. We've looked at um, 600 metre races, but we've not been able to get a start over 600 with him. So we would like to step him up just to see what he's capable over ground. But just getting a metre race in class north, that's tough. You know, um, you know, you really want to try and get your first bone and race against um, the maiden distance dogs and not have to go up against the class two distance dogs first time. But, you know, it's getting to the point where we might have to just, um, you know, race at Cambridge and see what he does with the um, established stayers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does do over more ground. And then um, on the other end of the scale, you've got some very good sprinters in the kennel at the moment. Race eight. You ready boots is uh, drawn box one. This is a really good field, but we know that if she jumps, Lisa, she's more than capable of winning. Yeah, we do have a very strong sprint team, and that's something I've always mentioned we're working on, trying to get some more strength into the team. You ready boots and Otaki River, they got very similar ability. Otaki River, he's probably a length quicker than her, um, for, you know, if I was to match race them together. In a field, She's always a danger to him when she's drawn inside of him because, um, you know, he can be tardy sometimes out of the boxes and that's when she can, um, you know, beat him on those occasions when he's a bit slow out because she's a strong, they're both strong 300 metre dogs too with strong run home times. So generally speaking, when they're up um, contesting the pace or they're in, in front, it's hard for them to get run down when you're running, a, you know, 1380 run home. And just on Otaki River, you must be so happy with the way that he's just kept upping his game up in the top grade. Uh, I love this dog. There's a story behind him. He's actually named after my friend's late brother who passed away when he was 18 years old. And I wanted to honour him, you know, so I said, would name this dog after your brother. 
and then we came up with, like I asked her to give me some names, and um, Otaki River, it's actually one of his favourite spots that he used to spend time at. So every time Otaki River wins, it's just um, real joy for us. And when he started his career, because I said to him, oh, I've got this nice young dog, <laughs> um, he was a bit in and out and a bit patchy, and he had a few injury issues. So to see him now compete and not just, um, you know, he competes in open grade, which is top level, it's just been really beautiful. That, that's fantastic. That's a lovely story, and I'm glad that he's going so well for you. Um, wow. Um, race number 10, Lisa, you've, you've got half the field, so we need your help. Um, for you, Paige has come up with box one. He's stepping up in company after an IC2 sprint win last week. And to be fair, this field definitely looks within his grasp. Well, of my four runners, Go Ahead Caller by far is the quickest of the four. You know, this dog, he, he's a very quick dog, but he's got no box speed. But he's um, length quicker, and if I was labelling one for my kennel, I would go with Go Ahead Caller, but you take the risk with his um, box manners. For you, Paige, yeah, he's, he's a nice, honest type, drawn well, and um, well, every time you get the one at Auckland, or most of the time, it is an advantage for... Um, most people. Scotland Pearl, she's got box speed, but she's weak with the run home. She trialled midweek, average. She has a class two dog against class three runners. I do think she's probably class one, class two type unless she improves. So I can't, can't really see her featuring, but in saying that, she'll probably jump and <laughs> stay out of trouble and run a place. Major Margaret, she's. Um, She's an honest type, Major Margaret, but I do think Go Ahead Caller for you, Paige, are the stronger of my two runners, and I do think Go Ahead Caller is the, well, I know that Go Ahead Caller is the best of those four. Well, I like what you're saying, because Go Ahead Caller's paying $3.80 versus the $1.90 on offer for For You Page. Um, I just want to touch on the breeding as well, because Go Ahead Caller and Major Margaret, they're litter mates by Kilty Lad um, out of Just One Smile. Um, for you and the training team and your breeding operation, Lisa, just how important has Just One Smile been for you guys? Um, oh, very important. Like, we, we had a really bad run. Time goes so quick, but I'm going to say three to four seasons ago, you know, we were really battling away, you know, still... still... Oh, might have dropped out there. <clears throat> I was going to say good too. Great information. I think the line has dropped out. Uh, Liz, but uh, great information coming through there. I was going to say to Lisa, you might as well just hang on to the number one, the red rug all day. Gee, they come up with our box one, quite a few runners, haven't they? It's it's quite incredible, isn't it? We we do get a few calls, I've got to say, in the office um, when 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 they aren't going so well. People's runs of draws, but I don't think I've ever seen anyone get so many box ones in a row. Um, Clato, that that information about Go Ahead Caller at three dollars eighty. I know what I'll be putting my money on straight after this show. I well, I, I, was, <laughs> I wanted to ask Lisa because um, there was one of the market movers today. Go Ahead Caller in from five dollars to three eighty for you, Page. Solid around the even money market, two dollars, and I was sort of leaning towards Go Ahead Caller, but race eight as well. Uh, you ready boots? There's been a bit of a move on. Yeah, race eight. Uh, you ready? Boots uh, into four dollars from four fifty. But after hearing that story around Otaki River, I think it'd be a you know bit of a soft spot for Otaki River from now on. Absolutely, I completely agree. It sounds like we do have Lisa back with us. Um, Lisa, 
Finally, just before we let you go, I, I want to touch on the season that you guys have just had because you and Tracy have taken over the um, training operation, obviously, and you finished sixth in the Premiership with 182 winners. You must be thrilled with that uh, performance last season. Oh, I mean, you know, delighted. You know, I've been in this game since I was a teenager, so, you know, we're looking at 30 years, so it makes me an old girl now. And um, <laughs> <laughs> we've um, been through the highs and lows of racing, like, you know, you have some really, really good runs and then you have some mean runs and you come back and you question yourself through those periods, like, what am I done wrong, you know, is it the food, the breeding, you, you just question yourself. And then when you have a good run, obviously everything you're doing is right and you have to, like, hang in there, you know, if you're training and, you, you know, you're only as good as your team, you know, never doubt yourself, never think to yourself that it's um, environment because um, you just got to keep in there and hope that the next litter you breed or the next dogs you buy, they're as good as your previous team. Because as I say, once your team starts to age out, like I've got a nice young team right now, once they start to age out or get injuries, you know, unless I have dogs as good as them, um, I'm not going to be able to continue at the same rate that I'm going. And when you breed, sometimes, you know, the mix isn't as good as the previous. You know, the fire doesn't match up as well as the um, previous litter. So just don't doubt yourself and just keep at it. And you've got to find the right bloodlines to breed with. And that's what we've done. You know, we've, over the years, bred from different dam lines. We've found lines that, um, you know, can give us competitive runners. We just need strength now. You know, so that's something that we're working on. That's fantastic. You guys do such a great job. Um, I remember a few months ago you telling me that when you and Tracy get three winners a day, uh, you go out for dinner. Is that a tradition that's carried on? Because I imagine there have been a few dinners out lately after the races. Yeah, definitely. We, um, we do that because, <laughs> as I say, as I say um, you know, I think when you say, oh, it's hard to get three winners and they kind of take a second look, like, well, you get three winners on a regular basis. You know, there's times when you go a month and get one winner, even a big team, you know, like, so you got to appreciate those moments because, as I say, from season to season, once you're running a strong team, you're guaranteed basically a couple of good seasons because your, your team should last two to three seasons. And then, so you have to appreciate those moments because the following season can be a bit rough and you've got to ride it out. So um, never take for granted what you have and enjoy it. No, Lisa, the wise words to finish on. Good luck for Minakel today, and yeah, thanks for that insight into trainers' minds. Because last season, you know, running six on the premiership and behind the top trainers, Lisa Cole, McInerney, Fahey, Evans and Roberts, a real mean feat, just under half a million dollars in stakes. And I dare say you'll give that a bit of a shake-up this season. Uh, I'd like to um, think we can do that. We've... Uh couldn't breed during COVID in Auckland because uh, the vets wouldn't let us breed. So we actually uh, haven't got the number that we probably would like coming through. Like, you know, we've got our team racing. So we could hit a bit of a lean run, but we've just got our breeding program back up and running. So hopefully hopefully the dogs that we're racing now will sustain us. I've got a litter I'm breaking in. That looks all right. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can continue on with the results. Well, so do we. Thanks for your time, Lisa. Good luck today. Yeah, what a great, insightful little interview there, Liz. And yeah, good getting the sway towards Marcus and go ahead, caller. And yeah, that, great that story around Otaki River. So we're taking a keen interest this afternoon, won't we? 
Certainly will be a very special story there. They do such a great job, obviously, for a number of years. It was their dad, Ben Crake, uh, leading the training operation. But in the last couple of years, Lisa and Tracy have taken over. And um, they're, they're pretty dominant there in the north, I've got to say. And, and as you've mentioned, Clady, you've just reeled off the names that were in front of them on the premiership. Yeah. They did an outstanding job last season. I think early days, obviously, at the moment, but they're currently positioned fifth on the table yeah. at the moment. And, Craig um, Roberts breathing down your neck, but that'll, that'll just spur them on, won't it? <laughs> No, exactly. good, on, good on you, Tracy and Lisa. Right, we're going to take a quick break here on the dog speed. When we come back, a couple of things to tidy up. A couple, I've got a couple of questions for you, Liz. GRNZ.co.nz. And a big thanks to the good people at GRNZ.co.nz. Oh, Liz, uh, it's that time of the year, award ceremonies, and when the Greyhounds have their award night. Uh, we've got them coming up on the 17th of September in Christchurch. They're taking place at the Christchurch Down Hall. Um, during the day as well, we've got an animal welfare workshop, which is quite cool. We usually have a conference during the day, but we've got a range of speakers uh, during the day. It's a free event. Um, we're pretty much at capacity for the awards. I guess, you know, the last couple of years they've been cancelled due to COVID, so we've got um, getting up to sort of around 140 people congregating there in Christchurch. Um, I'm biased, but the Greyhound Awards are my favourite. They're a little bit looser. I personally think they're a little bit more fun. Have, have you been to one before? Oh, I think I have. Days gone by, and they are definitely a lot more relaxed, yeah. <laughs> a lot more fun. Yeah, no, they're good. It's good. And, and I mean, like, now the Greyhound people are a bit more laid back, aren't they? Like, you know, but so they love a good time, and that shines through. Definitely, and I mean, it, it's the same with horses, right? Like, it's so rare for people to actually get the night off and enjoy themselves. So, really looking forward to it. We've got a band as well taking place. Love a bit of live music, yeah. afterwards. Um, but different as well with the awards this year because the awards panel are deciding on all of the categories bar trainer and strike rate trainer, which means that um, it's a little bit more excitement, I think, building up to the night. Um, we've got finalists rather than. Um, you know, just greyhounds winning on points, which also prevents some strange anomalies which have happened in the past when it's points-based. So um, that being said as well, the likes of No Keeper, he, he's the sole finalist for the distance greyhound of the year, which also makes sense. But um, there'll be a few special awards as well, which are going to be announced on the night too, and the people have absolutely no idea, so I'm looking forward to that happening. And I think you would have had to send the strike rate uh, trainer award back to the engraver to change the name. And Karen Walsh has had a mortgage on it, but <laughs> not this year. No, a little bit different with Sammy Phillips. Um, I'm so happy for Sammy, though, young trainer from Foxton. Um, you've got to have, you've got to have 50 starts with your greyhounds to qualify for that strike great trainer award. She had 50, and it went down to the wire. Um, the last day, Karen Walsh had three runners in, and Sammy managed to hold on. Um, I know that Sammy and Karen are quite close as well, so it was quite special her getting that prize. But I know she's looking forward to coming down to Christchurch and having her grandparents there as well at the awards uh, when she celebrates that win. Oh, that'll be awesome, and. Uh, just speaking of Central Districts racing, how are we looking at uh, Hattrick? We're sort of running out of time here, Liz. Uh, can talk, but Hattrick, how are we going at Hattrick for an update? I'll speak fast. Uh, construction's underway there in terms of the renovation at Hattrick, which I'm sure people will be very, very pleased to see. So um, I went up there myself recently, had a look around, but we've been getting sent the photos through. So machinery happening, the track renovation is happening. Um, obviously, people will be aware as well that the straight track that is on the cards, um, which will be uh, happening in the middle of the Wanganui thoroughbred track just next door. So all go there at Wanganui in the next few months. Right, yeah, we've got 30 seconds to knock out your best for the day. 
I feel like I should be following Lisa in, but yeah. I've gone Belmont's race four, number two. He's 250 into 220, PBD race, drawn down near the rail and box two, where he wants to be. I think it'll be very, very hard to beat race four, number two, Belmont. Yeah, good luck, Ronnie, Naomi, O'Regan. Liz, thanks for your time this morning. Big thanks to Robbie in the studio. Thanks for listening to Dog Speed this, morning, this afternoon. Enjoyed your company. Thank you, Liz. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.